Hello guys and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. On this podcast, we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up guys? My name is Kyle. So glad you're joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam, and welcome to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm not joined by my co-host, the Mr. Kyle Ridgely. Um, He was unavailable for this episode. Don't worry, he'll be back on um, the next episode with us. Um, So hang tight, Um, he will be back. Um, For this podcast, we have a special guest, if... Um, You guys remember season one, our very first episode we did on coffee. Um, We did that with Mr. Travis Hayes. He is back with us um, having this conversation. Um, And so, yeah, Travis, if you just, for our listeners that didn't hear that episode and don't know who you are, um, if you just want to kind of introduce yourself and whatever you want to share, man. Yeah, so I am a stay-at-home dad. (laughs) I've been been rocking that for about a year now. Um, I love... Coffee, reading books of all various kinds, um, and I've really picked up disc golf for the past, I think, since quarantine. Uh, so like back in October, I think I picked up disc golf, and it's just been it's been really nice to do something competitive that is COVID safe, and you don't really yeah. have to interact with people a lot, which I love interacting with people, but. Um, doing something that's outdoors and you feel fairly safe doing it. And it's competitive. I'm a competitive guy. And so I get to, you know, play against other people and all that. Um, so that's basically what sums me up. I have a two-year-old son. Like I said, I'm a stay-at-home dad. He's great. And my wife is amazing. We've been married for 10, it'll be 10 years. No, it was 10, no, it will be 10 years. Sorry, I'm getting numbers. There's a lot of numbers going on yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will, this will be our 10 year anniversary this December. Um, which Incredible. Sounds like a long time. We got married real early. We were 20 when we got married. So I'm 30 now. I, I turned the big 3 0 a month ago. Hmm. And that's been super fun hmm. to experience what 30 is like. And I know if you have any listeners that are over 30, they're rolling their eyes and they're like, I'll oh, just wait. And I'm sitting here like, no, I'm here. Uh, my my knees hurt when I work out sometimes, and I have to literally watch everything that I eat. So uh, I am here. Thirty is here, but I'm excited about it. Um, so that's really sums up me in a nutshell um, as a person. Really awesome, man. Yeah, thank thanks for uh, thanks for just you know um, being willing to have this conversation and, and doing what you do because um, you know we always think in culture that. Um, you know, it's the woman or the wife that stays at home. It's the stay-at-home mom, but you know, you're the same. Yeah, my my wife is she's fantastic. She's she's a beast. She, um, you know, makes sure that we can actually live. Yeah, yeah. And you, (laughs) I make I make sure that food is on the table. The 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 kid is not dead, and (laughs) that the house is somewhat in good shape. And you know, and I'm okay with that. I think I think I've gotten a hang of it at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, just just thanks for being you, man. Just the the awesome stay at home dad that you are. Like, you know, cooking the meals. Like, I think that's incredible. You know, kind of flipping the culture on its head. You know, yeah, kind yeah, of I thing. Love, I love cooking. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, man, and, and just thanks for um, 
just being willing to sit down and have this conversation with us, um, you know, as um, mine and yours and Kyle's, I watched it grow and kind of transform through the last, you know, four years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just gotten so much deeper, you know. Um, we've been able to sit down and really have a lot of these conversations that we're, you know, we're going to talk about. Um, so thanks for just being vulnerable on this episode with us and having this conversation. Yeah, we appreciate that, man. Um, so let, let's go ahead and start with the um, the who of this conversation. Um, when you think of deconstruction, um, you think of like who goes through this. Um, I did want to mention. I did want to mention kind of foundationally. That you know we're we're not saying here in this conversation that hey you need to go out and deconstruct some things in your walk with Christ. That's not what we're saying. What we are what we do want to gain out of this conversation is simply an understanding of the complexities of the situation, um, so we can have empathy for one another as Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. That there are some tough things and some tough questions that people are wrestling with, and that we should. We should leave space for that, right? You know, and and also we want to figure out how we can move forward um, because, like I said earlier, this can be a scary kind of buzzword thing. Um, but you know, we 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 kind of want to lay a foundation of, hey, this is not a scary thing. It can actually it can actually be a fruitful thing in having conversations like you know me, you, and Kyle have had. Um, so that's kind of a foundation I want to lay, jumping into like, who does this? Who who goes through this deconstruction? So yeah, if 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 you want to kind of share your thoughts, Travis, on that, like, what your journey's been like, um, what kind of people in your life you've noticed this kind of went through this process? Mm, yeah, I think so. So to establish the who, I think we need to establish the what. Uh, like, okay. What, yeah, what, yeah. what what is deconstruction and like you said, it is a buzzword. It is kind of this um, almost a taboo word, depending on what religious circle that you've grown up in. And so deconstruction is really, really simple. It is just the idea of taking the the set of beliefs um, and things about your faith that you have been handed. So like we, we've all been handed this faith. We've all been handed certain, um, a box of beliefs from our parents to a religious authority figures to mentors, friends, family, who, whoever. And so really what deconstruction is, is we are, uh, it is just examining the things that you believe and saying, Hmm, these don't really sit well with me anymore. Um, like my, my life experience, um, things that I have learned, like I've gone outside my, um, you know, my, my small circle of influence, I've discovered you know, different uh, lines of thought and whatnot. And I'm just like, you know, the things that have been handed down to me don't really um, work for my faith anymore. And so really what deconstruction is just taking that and to whatever degree you want, um, you know, breaking it down, examining it and basically reconstructing um, a new faith. And really, I think a different word that can be used for it is almost doubt. Uh, I, th- I think doubt is a very 
is, is a more acceptable word. Um, deconstruction seems kind of scary. Doubt is a little more acceptable um, in the Christian tradition. And, but it's, it's essentially almost to me is kind of the same thing. Um, but what is important is kind of that back end of reconstructing and pushing through that doubt through, um, through different stages of faith. And so that is essentially what it is. Um, for me, like I grew up in a very stereotypical Protestant church. I mean, I grew up in the Wesleyan tradition, which focused a little bit more on the love of God and, um, was in the Arminian style theology. If any of your listeners are interested in, in that kind of, in all those theological terms, um, that's, you know, my, my background theology and Calvinism don't really get along very well. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. right. Um, and it's always really funny whenever I have conversations with people who do uh, subscribe to Calvinism, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so it was very, it was very basic. I mean, it was, it was always, you know, the, the Bible is the infallible word of God. Um, I'm sorry. It, it, you know, the Bible is inerrant in all things related to um, how the world works, um, science and um, how things are to operate. And, you know, we, we take it that every single word was every iota was basically written by God through people, but written by God. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we believed in the fact, you know, that, that Jesus's death on the cross was, you know, to appease God's wrath to, so that we would not have to, um, take on a punishment. And so, so these basic things that are handed down to us that we feel are essential Christian doctrine or, or in dogma. Um, and then the thing that really set it off for me and my journey was trying to reconcile the violence within the Hebrew scriptures, within the Old Testament, mm. just the different accounts of how God commanded the Israelites to take over um, rape, murder, pillage, Canaanites, um, Amicalites, Moabites, whatever. Um, I think it was in First Samuel 13 or First Samuel 15 um, is a really probably one of the most disturbing passages, in my opinion, where it's where it's saying that God commands the Israelites to go in and kill all women, all nursing children, infants, cattle, oxen, like wipe them out completely. Um, so like that's those passages really like I didn't know how to reconcile that, um, and so that was kind of my the domino, and then from there just moved, like just was like okay, well if if I don't understand if I can't trust this, like where do I go from here? And so that just led down a rabbit hole of podcasts and books and um, documentaries, authors, speakers, pastors that were really outside of my realm of influence. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's this entire other world of the Christian tradition that I had no idea. Because, uh, you know, the people who I knew, uh, my pastors, my family, they labeled them as heretics. And then I got to understand why they believe what they believe. I'm like, that actually makes sense. Like that just, that sounds more like the gospel to me. That sounds more like the God of um, unrelenting love to me. And so basically from there, it's, and that happened, I think back in, oh gosh, I had those questions. I had those slight questions back in 2012. I didn't really, it didn't really amount to anything. And I started um, really taking it more seriously, maybe back in 20. 
16, 2017, I think. So this has been really like a three or four year journey for myself. Uh, yeah. Of deconstruction and reconstruction as well, because I think you have to reconstruct um, mm-hmm. on the back end of deconstruct. If you don't, then you just become an atheist. And, you know, we all know how that kind of, <laughs> we yeah. all know kind of how um, those, you know, how cynical people can be in that area. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of been my journey. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll appreciate you just, you know, being vulnerable and just sharing that with us. And I, I think, you know, something you hit on really kind of carries us into, um, like, one part I want to hit on about um, who in this conversation. Mm-hmm. So you established the what, what is deconstruction, um, kind of that pro- what that process has looked look like for you. You mentioned the word, another word for deconstruction could be doubt. Yeah. When when we kind of move to the question of who, one thing that, that I think about, like, who who do we see deconstructing their faith right now? You know, because right now it's, it's a big conversation right now. A lot of people are kind of going through this deconstruction process of their faith, um, really going back to what they've been handed down or what they've been taught and questioning it doubting like you know and i i think one big you know kind of who is doing this i think a lot of stories that i've heard is people that have not been allowed to doubt out loud within their evangelical space or their or their church you know they come, they have these questions, whether it be about, you know, violence in the Old Testament or um, the conversation around LGBTQ or uh, the conversation around race, you know. And they, they come with all these things that they're wrestling with that, you know, and they're just kind of marginalized. They're kind of, you know, you, you're walking away from orthodoxy or like, you know, you're, you're a heretic or, you know... Your theology's wrong, and and so they say. You know what? Like, if if I have no space anywhere to to wrestle out loud, like, and receive support, and you know, have somebody walk with me, I'm just gonna do it myself. I'm just gonna I'm gonna question everything, and I'm just gonna completely deconstruct these things, is because I haven't received the support in my community. You know. Um, what are your, what are your like that that's kind of like recently what I've seen like a large part of the the who is doing this people that have not been allowed to doubt out loud to wrestle out loud with their faith in these big theological questions. Yeah, I, I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, and I think the the most common that I've seen have been people who have grown up in traditions that don't leave space to freely think. Um, or to or really question those things. Like I think, and and, believe, I, and I say this um, with so much love, um, but I, the only reason I say it is because it is the most experience that I have personally seen. You know, people who grow up in very evangelical churches, so we're you know in, in Southern Baptist churches, um, even like in like pres like PC PCA churches, so Presbyterian churches, like those people like who grow up in those denominations and in those cultures, um, 
people in authority really don't want you to question. Uh, for the most part, they're always outliers, always outliers. Um, but for the most part, want, don't want you to question um, or think really too hard about certain topics. Um, because mm-hmm. if you do, it leads down a rabbit hole of trying to do these um, theological hurdles and hoops you're trying to jump through to make have things make sense. Because um, here's the thing: is like this this idea of deconstructing and doubt is not really um, an issue with certain parts of Christianity. Um, it's not an issue with Eastern Orthodoxy because mm-hmm. um, right. that, that's part of it. It's not um, it's not an issue with um, some, like mainline Pro- Protestantism, um, which I know evangelicals are like, oh, no, we said mainline, <laughs> but like, it, it's just not a thing. Like because they because they, they especially churches like um, like I think. It, I want to say Episcopal churches, um, United Church of Christ, those, uh, for sure, United Church of Christ, I know for sure, because I know a couple of authors and speakers who are part of the United Church of Christ denomination, who, like, they fully welcome the conversation, fully welcome the the doubt and the deconstructing the faith process. And so I think it just depends on what what kind of um, background and what, what kind of um, community and atmosphere that you that you grow up in. Like, was it one that welcomed conversation and questions, or was it one that you you sit down, you listen to the person up front, tell you how to believe, and if you disagree with that, then you're a heretic. Um, so I, I think it all depends on what kind of community that you grew up with. And so, like for me, it was that's essentially what happened with me. Is like you know, I was told to listen to the person up front and like we could talk about it within these parameters but once we stepped outside those parameters you know that was no man's land you know and you're essentially excommunicated like the protestant version of excommunicated <laughs> with within the church and so i think it just you know it can affect anybody uh and honestly it can affect anybody within any faith tradition um so buddhists muslims hindus um Sikhs, like all these people can experience deconstruction within their own faith and, you know, having a spectrum of, um, conservative and progressive, that's not just a Christian or even a political thing. Like every religion has that spectrum. And so people from any sort of faith tradition can experience that. It's not, doesn't have to be just Christian. So it's not just, not just us. Everybody kind of goes through that that thing um, that they have to figure out for themselves. And that's just a basic uh, human faith development. Like yeah. Just... Like it, it kind of, I mean, it kind of, when, when I, when I hear the word like deconstruction and I think of like wrestling through your faith or doubting some things and kind of, you know, really kind of reconstructing some of these things on the back end. Um, it just kind of, I don't know, it just almost really makes me think of the sanctification process kind of working out your faith. I, I just think the doubt is part of that, you know? Yeah. I just think working out your faith, kind of that sanctification part, I think doubt has to be a piece of that. Yeah, you know? I, I think so. And you'll have two responses. You'll have those who um, say that doubt is the opposite of faith. And then you have, and saying like, run away from doubt, like don't have doubt because that affects like, that means that you don't have enough faith. And then you have the other side that is like, no, embrace the doubt. You, that's how you um, get through your faith. That's how you, that's how you grow. That's how you move to that next level of intimacy with God. And, you know, and that 
that camp will say, and I'm in that camp of saying the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I believe. Yeah, man. Good points. Um, All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you to wrap up this conversation. All that drama and hysteria should die down. If there's nothing nice to say, then baby, pipe down. Life is too short to try and pay the price now. I was walking on water and then I wiped out. So this is for the restoration of every family member. That's a strange I know you're facing. The same asymptomatic patient, different virus. Hard to tell somebody they sick when they only deny it. And you confide in something personal, but they think you lying. With friends like these who need enemies, I wish I was lying. And we are back, guys, and thanks for um, listening in this conversation and leaning in with us. Um, the next thing I want to jump to is, Travis, why, why do you think it's deconstruction or doubt in the church is so taboo or deconstruction is, is such a taboo word or thing to kind of walk through? Yeah, I think I definitely think there are multiple reasons why it's a taboo thing, Um a very simple one is that because we have not had those conversations with people, uh, we our religious box is so small, um, we don't realize that hey, Christianity or whatever our faith tradition is is much is is bigger than my little box, um, and so when when people step outside that box, it's kind of it's scary. Um, there's a sense of security there. For sure. Um, and also I think the, once again, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm knocking on people, um, particularly, but I'm, I'm not, I'm just trying to explain some truth that I've seen, um, people who are, um, their income, their financial security relies on the, um, correct beliefs hmm. of individuals. So pastors, chaplains, Professor, even professors, um, anybody within the faith tradition who is being paid to um, kind of shepherd a, a fold of people, um, when you challenge those things that can um, challenge their their community, I think I think it's scary. And so, what do we do with things that we um, that that scare us? You know, we can we we fight. There's the fight, flight, freeze, or appease. And most of the time, um, people in those positions um, are going to fight and start pointing the finger and label as heretics or say that you're just, um, you're going to lose your faith. Whatever it may be, I think that's a big reason why deconstruction is scary for people. And also, I think um, the big elephant in the room, I think, is that hey, if you start deconstructing, then you're going to start questioning the wrong things. And then you are going to have, you're going to have this one way ticket to hell and you're going to bring people with you. And so that's like, that, that's like a legit concern that I've heard um, from people is like, you know, what you're believing is, you know, not the gospel is not Christianity. And so if it's not the gospel of Christianity, then there's only one place you're going to go after you die. And if you teach people this, and if you tell, if you share this news and you share what you're learning, then you're just going to take more people with them. And that's scary to people in power. When I call the gatekeepers, 
um, of, of religion. Um, yeah. And so I think that's, that's part of it. Um, and I think the last, really the last thing is we've, we've confused, um, two terms. We've confused belief and, or a set of beliefs and faith. Um, those are not the same thing. And I know that may sound weird to, um, some listeners, but our belief, our set of beliefs are the things that we say, okay, I believe in that this happened, that this is fact, that this is not, I, I believe X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I believe that Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. Like those are things, uh, like there, there are science, there are factual beliefs. There are beliefs that we just, um, we, we feel that are true. And then there's faith, um, which is something completely different, which is like having, um, faith is essentially having something that we just, that we hope for. I mean, that we hope for, um, you know, Christ that is risen. We, you know, faith is love. Um, I think what was it? It was Paul in, um, I want to say it's Galatians. I'm terrible at, I'm terrible at <laughs> quoting scripture. Um, so sometimes I'll say things in terrible and like the wrong books, but I'm pretty sure it was Paul that says, you know, faith expressing itself in love. And like, it is because of the thing that has changed our transformation, the thing that God has done within our lives that expresses itself in love for people and for God, um, for, for nature, for our enemies, like, that's faith, you know, the, the thing that, ha- that we've experienced, the thing that has happened to us, um, that we, we express that in um, selfless, sacrificial, um, unrelenting love towards others. Um, and so those two things get intertwined, but they're actually two different things. And so I think when we, when we can't separate that, we, um, we feel like when we start losing beliefs, we're actually losing our faith. And I don't think those things are the same in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could hundred percent, you know, um, stand behind that man. Um, cause, um, we can, we can have a set of beliefs and theological views all day. Um, but, but when we start sacrificing, um, the love of our neighbor on our correct theology or our correct beliefs, we've completely gotten the gospel wrong, you know? Um, and I mean, for me, like I, there, there's so many things theologically that I hold very loosely that, um, I mean, I, there, there, there's a lot of things that I don't definitely say I have a, a viewer, you know, or a thought on, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because ultimately when I, when I, especially when I look at the gospels, um, I, I see, I see a Jesus that, um, loved sinners. Um, he loved, you know, those that were marginalized. Um, and it's, it's just that constant theme of love, you know? Mm. Um, loving your neighbor as yourself, the whole law hinges on love your neighbor yourself, right? Um, and so I've just gotten to this point where, I, like, I'm okay with not having all these theological answers 
you know. Um, I'd, I'd much rather go out day in and day out and love my neighbor than, you know, have the best theological view on things. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's that's just kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, personally, like, I've, I've been through some some kind of just going back and kind of uh, deconstructing things personally in my life. Um, you know, whether that just be, you know, harmful views of sexuality, like purity culture, or, you know, uh, views of women and women, women in ministry, like, um, yeah, and I, I think, I think whenever there are some harmful beliefs, you know, like you said, Travis, those, those kind of theological views that we've handed down and like hold near and dear that I think that's a point where when we say like okay this this thing that I've been handed down this belief is harmful and and, and doesn't it's actually ap- opposite of that the love that the gospel compels us to show to our neighbor I think that's when we got to go back and say I need to really really relook this you know, maybe this does need to be deconstructed because this has been harmful to people, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's kind of where I get is like, look, we can we can have differences all day long. And, yeah. you know, I'm I'm okay being in a place of harmony where, like, I'll, you know, I'll believe my things, you believe your things, you know, but as long as we love people. Like, right. The only time I ever have issues with different theological beliefs um, or interpretations of scripture is when they harm people, oppress people, limit people, like that's when it is the opposite of love and the opposite of you know, what Jesus would actually do when we take into consideration what he reveals and that is the perfect love of God. That's when I will stand up and say, "No, that's not right." Exactly. Like and yeah. cuz like outside of that, we can have our differences. That's fine. Um, but when, when, when you start oppressing people and you start using it, when you start using scripture as a weapon, that's when I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. And to go back to the, so the talking about faith and belief thing real quick, cause I was looking it up on my Bible app, um, <laughs> fun little tidbit, you know, it's, I think it's, um, so it's Ephesians 2, 8 and Paul saying, um, for you are saved by grace through not correct beliefs, not correct doctrine or dogma, but you are saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Um, and so I think that's just so beautiful to, to know like, Hey, it's, we may not have the correct, you know, we don't have to have the correct beliefs. And the thing is, it's all theology is, is just theology is just language is, is human language to put towards a eternal, um, infinite, being um it's language about language about god and that's all theology is and so like we're not gonna you know if we try to have it you know if we try having a pissing match about who is right and who's wrong everybody loses in the end yeah but if our conversations about theology are meant to um further portray the love of god and who he revealed um to us through jesus then that's the conversation worth having. Yeah. Man, you're preaching now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I should start a podcast. <laughs> By the way, yeah. 
plug for Travis, he actually does have a podcast. You can find him on, is it anywhere? Literally anyone. Ones I've never even heard of. Okay. Um, it's called Soundbite Gospel. Um, so for some reason, I've gained like a small little following in Canada. So I don't know what that's about. But I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but honestly, like, then this is kind of like a like a behind the curtain Wizard of Oz thing about my podcast. Really, like, if you start from episode one and go through it, it's basically like my deconstruction journey um, through a lot of the a lot of the episodes. Not everyone, but a lot of them. I'm really just like recording like my own thoughts and putting that into like little teaching forms. Um, like gospel presentation forums like they're essentially questions that I've had and things that I'm struggling with and things that I'm working through and I'm just kind of putting it out there in a podcast gospel presentation form um, which is why it may sound a little more on the progressive side and also why I like to take certain biblical passages and be like ah you heard it was this way and this is actually kind of another way to think about it not that your way was wrong but this is another way to see it and so that's kind of a little tidbit about that yeah beautiful beautiful all right man well what are what are some you you mentioned books and re books and podcasts earlier what are what are some resources that that you can give to our listeners that have either either found themselves on this journey kind of deconstructing some things um and and looking to reconstruct um or or maybe it's just somebody that has somebody in their life that's walking through this and maybe they want to understand all this, you know, what, what are some things you can point to? Yeah. Um, so a book that I would tell you to go buy right now, um, on Amazon or rent it on Hoopla, if you have it or audible, whatever, um, is a book called faith after doubt by Brian McLaren. Um, honestly, any, for me personally, any book by Brian McLaren is a great resource, but this one specifically, because I mean, it legit talks about doubt, like how to push through doubt and and why that is a good thing. Um, and he talks about different stages of faith, um, and you know, he'll he'll talk. I don't, don't want to preach the book, but I mean, he just says, you know, like we all kind of start in this one phase, and we all like we can have um, we can move within each stage, but to move on to the next one we have to have doubt. There has to, there's kind of like this threshold that we have to pass through to go on to that next stage of faith. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but they each compound onto each other to, um, to something that is uh, further beyond ourselves kind of thing. Um, so that I would recommend that, that specific book um, in general, um, a podcast that I would listen to if you were deconstructing, um, a good one would be the Bible for normal people. Um, or the You Have Permission podcast. So the Bible for Normal People is by Pete Enns um, and Jared Bias. Uh, Pete Enns is a author of books like For the Bible Tells Me So and The Sin of Certainty. Um, and he's also a professor of New Testament, I believe. I can't remember which college. But that's a good podcast. And then uh, You Have Permission is by a guy named Dan Koch, who also labels himself as more on the progressive side, but he's willing to have those conversations from any spectrum and a little bit of longer episodes. Um, but he's definitely one of those guys that just wants to have conversations with people from different ideas and thoughts. I mean, I think he even had being a progressive himself. He even had an episode recently of a guy who 
the title of the episode was Why Progressive Christianity Might Hurt Christianity. And so he basically talks to a conservative and they have this conversation um, keeping their views but having a healthy conversation with each other, with each other which is always great in my book. Um, and then like a website um, to check out is one is a website by Dan Koch that is So You're Deconstructing. And that one's actually really good um, because it's essentially like Hey, you're, are you having questions about miracles? Are you having questions about um, violence in the Old Testament? And it's essentially a, like this really, really simple website that you just click on the subject that you're kind of having doubts or deconstruction about, and they will send you to podcast episodes, books, resources, all within one website, which is really, really cool. Um, so that's I believe that's so you're deconstructing. And I, you know, hopefully, I guess you can put that in the show notes for people to directly go to it. Yeah. Um, and then I think a final one would be the Raven Foundation, which is um, not deconstructing per se. It's just a recent website that I've found that's been really, really helpful um, for me and my faith, really, especially in the middle of deconstructing. So it's definitely not on the traditional side of things, but it's not like. Ooh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like way too far out there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of right there. It's you know, it's not, it's not the deep, deep end, but it's not the shallow end. It's kind of right there in the middle. Just different ways to view your faith, um, especially in the in the works of like Rene Girard and mimetic theory. If anybody recognizes those terms or names or whatnot, it's really an awesome place to go if you subscribe to that kind of thought. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put all those in the show notes. So um, if anybody wants to check them out, they're there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, and I mean, obviously like somebody that may find themselves on this journey currently and listen to this episode, I hope you reach out to those resources. Um, second, I, I hope that if you find yourself on this journey, you're doing this in community. You're doing this around people oh, yeah. that care about you, that love about you, that, that want to see your, your relationship with Jesus flourish. Um, so find those people that really care about you will let you doubt and wrestle out loud. Um, really encourage that. Um, and I, I want to say, like, I, I want to, I can't express how much I agree with, like, you need to share and you need to um, be in a space that you can express those doubts. Like, and this is me, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but I I fairly believe it. Like, if you are in a church faith community, whatever, and you do not feel safe to express your doubt and, and, and concerns and your deconstruction process, then maybe you need to find another church. Yeah. Or maybe you need like, and that sounds harsh, but like life is too short. And, um, the way that we, uh, express our love, um, for others through, through like what, what God has shown us is, is so important that it's not worth you know, sitting and having anxiety and stress because you're having these questions and doubts, um, you know, now give them, give them a fair chance, obviously, but if it's, if if it's a harmful environment and they're not willing to let you flourish in, in your faith with, with questions and doubts, you just gotta get out. Yeah. Like go somewhere, like start a house church. I don't care. (laughs) Like do something. Yeah. And, you know, the, the third thing I'll end on is with these resources, I, I hope that if you find yourself, you haven't been through this journey, um, but you you want to understand because I think on the other side, people that 
you know, they haven't, you know, questioned or doubted or deconstructed a lot of these things. Um, going back to, I think it can be kind of a scary word. Mm-hmm. And it, like we said, I don't, we don't think it has to be. And so there comes a level of, you have to be able to understand. Um, just like if, if you know, you you don't walk through depression, you don't struggle with that, but there, there there's a good level of, hey, I'm going to understand this so I can walk with somebody. Um, so I encourage you if if you if you know somebody, um, utilize some of these resources so you can understand what people are walking through, so you can walk with them. Um, any other closing thoughts um, before we wrap up this episode? No, I think um, yeah, I think embrace it, embrace the doubt, um, embrace the deconstruction, but don't deconstruct and not reconstruct. Like go through it and and all that, and, and trust me, like you will feel terrible at, at times, possibly. Like I mean, there there were times that I just thought I'll just stop believing in God, in all in all honesty. Um, and that's not always everybody's case, but that's a possibility. But just know, like have some sort of foundation and some sort of um, cornerstone and that's why like having like a mentor or somebody that you can confide in which will help you um have some sort of anchor like that uh, because you can get lost down the rabbit hole and end up on the wrong side of your faith yep do it in community awesome well travis thanks again for uh, joining us on this episode having this conversation um appreciate your heart man um as always, um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, um, subscribe, leave us a review, um, share with a friend. Um, don't forget to check out uh, Travis's podcast, Soundbite Gospel, and we will catch you guys on the next episode.